Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you. Awesome. So good. Who loves the Quigleys? Yes, I'm glad you do, Joel. That's good. Joel, you'd be proud of me, mate. We had, me and Joel had a coffee this week and I had an, he had an oat milk latte. And, uh, and he's a tradie, so that's brave to be going, I work in the trade and I have an oat milk latte. He was telling me how courageous it was. And I was driving to Sydney yesterday to um, um, a couple of my friends in our church back in Sydney. Uh, we're graduating from Alpha Crucius. One of them was finished his master's in theology. Another was uh, graduating his bachelor of ministry after many, many years. Richard Forsyth, who is a phenomenal pastor. And, um, but as I was driving, Joel, I pulled over to get a coffee. And you came to my mind, and I said, I'll have an oat milk latte. And I felt for a moment the judgment you must face every day, because they looked at me quite weird. But it was awesome. I'm convinced. I'm going to balance it between both, but um, I don't know why I'm telling that story. There you go. You see? Now, listen. We're not going to go into superiority, okay? Because, listen, we love all, and we're not judgment of anyone. Whether you're a soy drinker, a cow drinker, a wheat drinker, there's probably a thousand other milks coming out our way soon. Almond, any almond milk fans? There you go. There you go. You see, we're all one in Christ Jesus. We're all one. And um, what makes us one, transitioning now, actually, before I move on, I do want to just thank the Quickleys again. I heard phenomenal things about youth this Friday night. And um, yeah, go ahead. They are doing an incredible job. Um, And what I love about it is they actually had Andrew and uh, Matt DeQuina come and talk about creation and science and how we we can be so divisive in the way that we work in this space of faith is somehow opposite to science. And we have kids growing up in a day and age where they feel torn between a loyalty that God's actually not that concerned about. And because the Bible, as Andrew has said so wisely, is not telling us how something happened, but why. And so for kids to be able to answer questions and talk about their faith at a deeper level when they are facing this on an ongoing barrage of what to believe, praise God for a youth ministry and pastors and leaders that actually help our young people do this walk of faith. And it's very good. Now to my message. Because what is holding us together and moving us into these spaces and helping us to realize what happens. And I'm sorry. Thank you, worship team. You are all wonderful and loved. Um, what is helping us in this space is the Holy Spirit. That, that he is the great completer of the work of God. What the Father has launched through love and what Jesus has finished on the cross. The completion of that is through the Holy Spirit. And he is working in his community, making us a community under God. Now, when we think about the spirit, it can be confusing. Because, again, the Bible can make it confusing. Particularly if we read it completely, literally, and try to work out, is the spirit with me or in me? Is he a person? Is he a breath? Is he a force? Well, it depends. Because God is spirit. In that God has a spirit. So that the Father is a person, He's a divine person, but He has a spirit about Him. And that spirit is a breath, it's life that breathed life into creation. And Christ was then, the the spirit, that same breath came down on Him like a dove. 
filled his life so that he could fulfill the mission and calling of God with the God breath in him. And now, whoever has Christ in him, wherever the Spirit of Christ is, there's freedom. Because the breath of God is now in you. Do you know what it's like when you have something in you that feels like the breath of death? Just feels like there's something in you, a spirit in you, something that is causing you to be down. I mean, I've, 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 I cannot remember a day that I haven't wrestled at some level with, with areas of mental health depression and anxiety. And there is a real medical part of that. And I just want to say, if you're here today and struggling, that it is all right for you to go and talk to someone about that and see a doctor and get good medical help and and maybe go on medication or talk to someone. And that's totally normal. But at the same time, there is a spirit sometimes attached to this stuff. Where at times I can feel in bed and I'm like, I know medically there's probably some stuff I need to talk through, but there's actually something going on the inside of me. And what I need is the Spirit of God to revive and refresh me and to come back into me. And that is His Spirit of the Father, Son, and the Spirit coming into us. That's why Jesus said, He will be in you. My Spirit is in you. I remember as a kid going, how is Jesus in me? How's this? Does he just shrink himself and he suddenly jumps in my heart? And, and the Holy Spirit's in you. What's he doing? Is he shrinking himself and jumping into my heart? No, the Spirit of God, the breath and life of God is in you. And when you receive Christ, you receive that Spirit. He's in you. But then, he's also with you. And this is talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, the divine third person of the Trinity, who is a person. He is a divine person. He's not like us, but in the same way, he is like us. He's not some force or floating kind of flame, or he's a person and he's with you, and he is the divine counselor. He's the helper. We don't have screen stage, remember. This is the whole, the whole series we're talking about is helper. Because I need help. Who needs help? And so as the divine counselor, as the divine helper, he is here. And that word counselor is better to understand. We, we have a, 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 a probably a good idea of terms of counselor in terms of uh, a psychotherapy or things that... And they're amazing. Good Christian counselors you can sit down and talk to. But it's actually probably more talking to about like someone like Ken, a legal counselor. Now, before I read and sign a document that is signing me up to something, before I have to commit myself to something, it's sometimes good to go and talk to someone and get legal counsel because they will help you avoid a lot of pain and hurt. Well, the Spirit comes like that legal counsel in our court, walking with us. That's why in Galatians, we'll look later in in the month, where it says, if you live by the Spirit, please walk with Him. If you have the best legal counsel in the universe, please go and talk to him because he will guide us and help us and walk with us and lead us. And what the people of God for thousands of years had understood in terms of the law of God that had been upheld to guide them, they realized constantly what would hold them accountable, they would never be able to actually measure up to and so God and his spirit comes to us to guide and lead us and move us into transformation 
So Galatians, we're going to look at this book over the next few weeks together, and really Galatians 3 to 5, uh, I love the book of Galatians, it's awesome. We see Paul at his most severe. He was either having a really bad day, it was one of the first letters that Paul wrote, so maybe it was just that he was a bit fresh and rough around the edges, but there's also this, severe, this intensity that comes, and, and I'm going to unpack that a little bit today. When he can see something creeping into the community of Galatia and this church and saying, guys, we, we got to be careful here. And so chapter 3, it starts very encouragingly. You foolish Galatians. Isn't it, isn't it nice? Like imagine receiving a letter where it just said, dear idiots. <laughs> like that's, that's pretty much it. Who has hypnotized you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was vividly portrayed as crucified? I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now going to be made complete by the flesh? Verse 10 says, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, because it is written, everyone who does not continue doing everything written in the book of the law is cursed. The book of the law are what we would call the Pentateuch. It's the five first books of, of the, uh, the Old Testament that we have. And then it says in verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, praise God, by becoming a curse for us. Because it is written, everyone who hung on a tree is cursed. He was crucified and cursed for us. And the purpose then was that the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles. So what was promised to Abraham, who was just the niche Israel people that was only promised to them, would now be available to all of humanity, all peoples, regardless of your background. God's not going to do a security clearance check on you to make sure you can pass and get in here. He doesn't do any background checks. Regardless of where you've come, you are now one family by Christ Jesus. And so that we could receive the promised spirit through faith. So again, Paul is very severe in his letter. And it's not an encouragement to us to be able to talk to one another like this. Please don't go around and encouraging people by calling them, you idiot. Okay? There's a context here. And in fact, it was pretty normal for people to write letters back then. Not so much now. So just be aware that if you wrote your boss a letter saying, hey, idiot, he's probably not going to be that happy with you. But he's, he will fire you. That's true. That's true. Um, he is severe because the risk is great in them applying to a way of Christ that is begun and maintained through their own human efforts in adherence to the law. He says, beginning with the Spirit, will be now made complete in our own flesh according to the law. So the Galatians, they're ascribing to this mixed gospel, this mixed good news that actually isn't good news. To have faith in Jesus, but then also to be completed by then also getting circumcised and followed Torah and doing all the things that they've been told by this Jewish community that have come in. So we've got evangelists who are Christian, but they still can't let go of the fact that we're still meant to follow Torah. And they're coming in and following Paul and saying, hey, I know Paul preached about faith, but what you really need to do is get circumcised and follow the law. Then you'll be complete. And that's not good news because that's confusing. Because if it's by faith, 
but then I've got all these things that I must keep. And the way I do it is just by keeping it. That's confusing. And they're confused because they've been taught about faith. They get what it means to believe in Christ. But now they feel like they're lacking something because what they long to be is faithful. And they're asking the question, how are we meant to be faithful? How do we be God's people? How do we follow what God wants us to do? Well, it must be by just following the law and it's creating confusion. They need help. I need help. Anyone else need help? You ever feel like you you get into something and you think you know what you're doing? You think you're prepared and then you get into it and you realize, I need help. Like when I had a baby and we went to all of the prenatal courses and they tell us how to do things and we feel like, yeah, we got this. Mum and dad have taught us what to do. It's going to be fine. And then Bubba is born, Harley, our first girl, and they pass her to me as they take Tammy away to go do whatever they needed to do. And I'm left with this baby going, what the heck am I meant to do now? I read the books, went to the classes. I need help. Or when you're so convinced... Sometimes as a pastor, I like, I come in and I'm so convinced what we're meant to do as a church. It's like one week I'm so convinced. And the next week I'm like, I have no idea what we're doing. And when are they going to realize I have no what I'm doing? (laughs) This is the way we live in life. We constantly live in this situation where we think we know and we want to be faithful, but how do we know? And this is where the Galatians are in trouble because now these people have witnessed that. They see this gap, they see the insecurities in their own lives, and they see it mirrored in theirs, and now they try to bring in and say, what you really need to do is just try harder. Oh man, I hate that. When you're trying your hardest, and the answer is try harder. That's not life. Christ has come to bring us freedom. Freedom. And and what the law was there was to hold us. And the problem with the law is we think we can fulfill it, but we can't. And it holds us accountable to something. But we quickly realize that we just cannot keep up to it. What is meant to reveal how to be God's people only reveals how far we are from being God's people. Galatians 3.10 says, For all who rely on the works of of the law are under a curse because it is written, everyone who does not continue doing everything written in the book of the law is cursed. And so those who try to keep the law only realize how far they are from doing it. And the other side of it is those who think they can fulfill and do it become so proud and self-righteous. And the great irony of it, the very commandment we were given by our Lord Jesus to love one another, we fail in because we're so self-righteous and think we've found the place that we consider ourselves superior to others. It's the very opposite of what God wants for us. What he wants us to constantly do, like Paul did, to say, here is a faithful uh, statement that we are full sinners and I'm the worst. Where we fall on our knees constantly saying, God, help, help. And rather being held to something, we need to be moved towards something by the help of the Spirit. So Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord by becoming a curse for us. Because it is written, everyone who hung on a tree is cursed. The purpose then was this, 
that the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles by Christ Jesus, get this, so that then we all, Jew and Gentile, could receive the promised spirit through faith. When Jesus came and fulfilled, and both launching and fulfilling, it's this weird dynamic of there but not yet there, but he begins this thing where all people now can come under faith in God through Jesus Christ, then the full program that God had always planned for his people in the releasing of the Spirit for all people who would both be in us and with us and walk us through what it looks like to be God's people. We need help. And the law is good and holy and reveals how much we need help. But it will not complete the transformative work of Jesus in us. The law may hold us accountable to what it means to be God's people, but only the Spirit can move us along the transformative journey of becoming His people. The Holy Spirit is then the divine person He is the third person of the Holy Trinity. That is our God. He is the promised blessing to God's people sent from the Father following the glorification of Jesus. So when we receive Christ, we receive his spirit to be our counselor and our helper. Jesus said to his disciples in John, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And I love this because he's, he, again, it's like, hang on, am I meant to follow the commandments or keep the commandments or am I meant to just, he said, no, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. But immediately then goes, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor, another helper to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him because he remains with you and he will be in you. There is an expectation of us all who love Jesus to obey his commandments. But his command specifically is to love God and to love one another. And as we approach this work of discipleship, we don't just have a law holding us accountable. We have a legal counselor to be with us and counsel us in our walk. As our counselor, he is the spirit of truth, revealing the truth of what it is to be God's people. And what Jesus has now revealed is now continually with us, revealing and leading us in the way of true life. And so the Spirit is with us. And He's with us in His Scriptures. Who has an actual physical Bible for me? Yeah, right now. Because I'm using my computer. Which, by the way, is no lesser. But this is clearer. If I started shaking my computer around... I'd probably drop it again, and that's not good, because Ben told me one strike. No, he didn't really. (laughs) This scripture is written by human hands. It didn't just... Oh, thank you, Lord. I love this. That's why you get poor saying, you stupid Galatians, because it's got emotion and passion. Any people that are emotionate and passion, emotional and passionate here? Come on. Where's my emotional, passionate people? Where's my people where, hey, come on, man, I love that. I'm not going to air all your grieving. But, but I, know, I know of people in our church that have lists of things that make them passionate. I'm like that. So when I write a letter, you're going to tell if it's me or Tammy. Little secret, if you ever see something post on Instagram, it's generally Tammy. 
And that's why I have to sometimes edit it, because I go, I don't talk like that, babe. <laughs> so you'll get the hand of people, their journey, their hurts, their pains. But to say it's just some book of religious thinkers, and the only reason is it's inspired is the same way an artwork is inspired, because they're so gifted, we're to miss the mark. Paul tells Timothy that this word is theopneustos, Theo being God, Neustos, God breathed. It is the very spirit that has orchestrated the collaboration of this book. And we're going through the book of Galatians together. I encourage you to read it. Open the Bible every day. Engage with it. But when you engage with it, before you do anything, say, Holy Spirit, come. Because although this is written by human hands, the author behind it is the spirit. He is speaking still, and he will illuminate things to you. Have you ever read a chapter with a friend, and you get something just bounce out and hit your heart, and they're like, what are you talking about? Because God spoke to you through it. The Spirit is with you. You want to know how to have a successful life? Go and read the Proverbs. You will avoid a lot of pain if you read the Proverbs. If you want to resonate with the pain of following Jesus and how hard it is to sometimes be in relationship and be in family, read the Psalms. If you want guidance on how to love one another, read the Gospels. Read the Epistles. He's speaking. Are we listening? I love that song that we sung before together where it, let us be more aware Sometimes in, in Pentecostal theology, we, we have this idea of the baptism of the Spirit. And I'm into it. Let's be fully baptized, immersed in the Spirit. But can I just say this, that that, that doesn't have to be a secondary experience. If, if we come in fully ready on the 29th, I think next month, two months, two weeks, sorry, not next, next month, next week, two weeks, two weeks, 29th, two weeks, good. We're baptizing people. When they go under that water... Oh, man, I hope that they don't come up. And then a couple of weeks later, we go, are you ready yet for the Spirit? Okay, let's get you baptized in the Spirit. No, once and for all, you receive Jesus. The Spirit is there. What we need to be is more aware. He's always there. I don't know about you, but it's, it's, I, I regularly ignore sometimes. I won't say regularly. I'll say sometimes because that will make me look less unholy. I sometimes ignore the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Tony. I feel better now. No, I know that. I know that. She's like, yeah, absolutely. I've met with him. The Spirit is speaking, particularly with me and my wife. My wife is always right. It's terribly untrue. But, man, I know... I, I'm not saying she's not untrue. But I know when he's speaking to me. And it generally sounds like this, just say sorry. I know when I'm parenting my children, fathers, do not exasperate your kids. And I'm holding them to something out of my own insecurity. And the Spirit's saying, let go. I know. I'm going to just keep holding tighter. Never ends well. He's speaking all the time. He's speaking in his presence. 
So Jesus, when in John, he said, he'll be with you and in you. Later in chapter 16, it says, the spirit, when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness. And, and we keep trying to judge others and convince each other to change. That's the Holy Spirit's job, not yours. And what he'll do is he convicts. He doesn't condemn, he convicts. A conviction is way better than condemnation. Condemnation will make you feel like you've done the wrong thing and all you have is left is, I stuffed it. Conviction goes, I know that's not great and praise God I have grace and mercy on my life. I'm going to get up and go again. And that might take you for the rest of your journey. But that's what sanctification looks like. It's you saying, yes, Holy Spirit, no to the flesh. And if you think any of our leadership team or myself are up here as some form of religious experts, we're here to tell you we're just like you. And we're all on this journey together of being transformed by his presence in our life. Let him speak to you. And then he's speaking in his community. This is so important. Ephesians 4. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord. That's just poor being manipulative. Like, well, I'm a prisoner of the Lord, so you might want to listen to me. Urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received. Ever feel unworthy of the calling? Man, sometimes I think we think we're unworthy because we're, we're caught in something that actually God's not that concerned about. When he talks about being working with being worthy of the calling, he says, This is what it looks like with all humility and gentleness. With patience, accepting one another in love, diligently keeping the law, no, diligently keeping your prayer time, no, diligently keeping the unity of the Spirit with the peace that binds us. Read into any letter of the New Testament. Most often, where we're drawing theology out of it, and there's nothing wrong with that, if we go to the context of what they're trying to deal with, was disunity in the community. Whatever God brings together, let no one tear apart. It is sacred. And if you to think about the Holy Spirit's role within the Trinity, Augustine called him the band of love. He is the thing that holds all things together. It is the love of God. So when we say that God is love, it's talking of the Trinity. It's talking of the Holy Spirit holding his people together. And so if we want to think about how we are operating as a church, are we a church in community or of community? I want to be a church in community. I don't want to just be talking about that yeah, where we believe in community. No, we want to be in community. This is one of the reasons why we do church the way we do. So that we gather as one, but then we go and gather in homes and connect with one another because we believe in doing this walk together. And some of us have been taught... Christy was, was talking about this with our team, to live like this. We live closed off. I won't, I won't, I won't be able to share my, my life with each other because, because what if they knew? Friends, we're here to tell you we're ready to do this because we're exactly the same. We're all fearfully walking out our salvation. We're all working it out. And the only way that we will hear the Spirit in our life is if we are one in the Spirit. And He will speak to each other. I've met with Andrew. I've met with Ben. I've met with these guys. And I hear the Holy Spirit. 
Because we connect with one another. And he's speaking. So if you're new with us today, we, we, we have a, what do we call it again? I'm so sorry. New Connections Lunch. I nearly said welcome party, which kind of works, but it's, <laughs> that, that, we can do both. Okay. And, and we're going to talk about us as a church, and we're going to talk about, you know, how you can be connected and how you can be on team and all these things. But ultimately, what we're really talking about is how you can be a part of the community. And if you're here today and you're not in a house church, you're not in a connect group, please relinquish with me and say, Holy Spirit, help me to be in relationship. Help me be in community. Because when someone can speak into your world and you can speak into theirs, that's unity. And the Spirit moves in that. So we're going to keep talking about this stuff. We're going to talk about being in the Spirit walking with the Spirit as we move towards Pentecost Sunday and we remember again the great gift we have of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at the fruit of what that looks like, mainly the love of God pouring out of our lives into one another. But right now, if I can ask some of the team to come and just make some lovely music. But if you're here and you just need a fresh awareness of His Spirit, Maybe His Spirit is in the breath of God that needs to come into your life. Or maybe the Holy Spirit, the person, third person of this divine trinity we have, which is our God. He's here. Right now. Are we aware? So why don't you just close your eyes? Maybe you want to stand and come down and stand down the front. That's fine too. Whatever you need to do, Holy Spirit, would you come? Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.